Hi, I'm Pat Foran. Welcome to Get Labeled Indie Music Roadmap, a podcast for working indie artists, aspiring music artists, and fans. Each week, I interview a different guest who has a proven track record in the biz or related field. I talk with producers, promoters, audio engineers, managers, songwriters, bands, social media experts, veteran and novice artists too, about their experiences and recommendations. I'll get answers to some of the hows and whys of today's music business, which you will find invaluable in navigating the chaotic world of today's music industry. Today's guest is veteran indie songwriter, musician, and recording engineer, Rick Denzine. Let's get going. Welcome, Rick. Hey, thanks for having me, Pat. Really pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. I um, I guess we met a couple of years ago. You host a Thrive Music Fest yeah. in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Right, right. Yeah, we started a thing called uh, Thrive Fest. And the website is thrivefest.us, us. And uh, the idea was to put live original music in all the clubs in our town instead of uh, cover tunes, you know. Oh, cool. And, uh, and to help. I like that. <laughs> yeah, to support, you know, original music artists and stuff like that. And so, you know, it, we I think we did it like for three years and we, we combined it with uh, educational uh, opportunities for artists. Uh, so some some pretty high-powered industry people would show up and uh, do like different workshop classes within our thing. It's not like a totally unique idea, but um, it's kind of the first time it's been done uh, on a a small scale designed for like a a, a small town, you know, and the the idea was, well, if if we can do it here, we might be able to replicate it and put it in in other towns across the country. And... uh, you know, putting putting the, the the music aspect together with uh, sustainability has has never really been done. Uh, so that's that's really a first. Yeah, that 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 is unusual. Uh, I try and get into songwriter these songwriter conferences here and there, and then I found yours, and it was it was pretty fun. I, and you know, of course, you didn't do it this year because of COVID. Right, uh, right. As as it. Uh, we might not be able to come back. It's 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 really uh, affected everything that we do. You know, um, the COVID has, uh, it hits, you know, everyone's pocketbook differently, but it hit us. And the, the uh, I guess our, our basic bread and butter is our teaching and, and studio business. And, uh, you know, COVID just hit us hard. And since I'm a principal of the business, I don't really qualify for any sort of uh, help or unemployment or anything like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. If I worked for somebody else other than me, I'd be all set. <laughs> it's the way it is, you know. And you know, Crazy. and there are there are emergency things you could get, I suppose. But um, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, with, um, I want to talk a little bit about your songwriting and your your work as an artist, indie artist, which of course, <laughs> you know, is going to have a a side side track here because of COVID again. But um, you mentioned a few times. Uh, you know, we've spoken a few times. Uh, you travel? Um, do you travel internationally, or what do you do as a yeah, songwriter I, or artist? I've uh, I've been to Europe uh, four times altogether. I've done, uh, I guess, altogether and over like a four-year 
time period, I think I've done something on the order of maybe, you know, 200 shows, you know, something wow. like that. And um, so it's not, it's not all glamorous type stuff. There's uh, um, plenty of times when I was doing shows in the street at noontime, busking, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, just, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to set up outside an outdoor cafe, uh, you can you can sing there and people uh, will tip you. Uh, I don't I don't really think you're gonna get famous that way. Um, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. you, you do pick people pick up your cards. You you do gain some fans, and uh, you know people gather and listen and stuff like that. And then um, if you're lucky enough to get a promoter, I had I had a promoter ahead of time that did a lot of uh, legwork and booked me in clubs at nighttime. So I, I would do like a street show. Uh, then in the afternoon, I would uh, do a uh, like a house concert type thing, and then there was uh, usually either a like an early show in a tent with a stage, full PA system, uh, and it was advertised in the town where I was. And uh, then after that show was over, uh, sometimes I would go and do like a club show. Uh, like a solo club show at, at at nighttime, so those didn't start till like ten or eleven, you know. So s some days I did four shows, you know. It was crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> even even just doing the busking and then having to do a show at night. That's, <laughs> that's that can be pretty taxing. Yeah. Let's uh, how did let me let's talk about Rick. <laughs> like, how did you get started? Like, what prompted you to become a musician? Um, got you into songwriting? This is a whole question you know multiple questions in one yeah so what you know how did you start i mean what prompted you well i you know i i had always wanted to play uh guitar um but i tried a, a couple of different times and i just couldn't get it you know um one not, not the easiest instrument to pick no up. i just it was you know i mean you really gotta you gotta realize you're, you're squeezing steel yeah. <laughs> hard you know it's gonna Give you you know you got my i got my calluses like you do right yeah. but um you know it takes it takes a little bit of time to get over that that hump you know and uh i might maybe maybe i was just too young or something at the time but when i when i got to be 16 i did have an epiphany um and then i just i i i, I grabbed it and i just started you know uh learning how to play it self-taught but I, I had some really good um i had I had a, a couple of people that were around me that were really good guitar guys, and so if if you have the chance, observe someone that's better than you, uh, and just figure out what it is that they're doing that's so great, and and it'll make you better as a player or take lessons, you know. Yeah, get uh, lessons. Yeah. yeah, get lessons that'll that'll do it. Uh, you know, I, I teach you know like beginners all the way through to adults. You know, I have uh, guitar students. I have. Uh, and they all make progress. And uh, one of the things that helped me, and I, I use this in my teaching, is that um, I, I, I encourage them to write their own songs. So I have a, I have a kid, uh, it was one of my students, he was in first grade at the time, and we wrote a song together called I Love Snow. And so you can actually uh, get that, um, uh, you can look it up, it's, it's by the entity Mango Twist. Right, wow. and uh, but it's a it's a it's a kid song, and we wrote it so that we could get it played on like you know, uh, kid radio, like uh, kids corner stuff like that. Nice. Um, 
but you know my my desire to to play um finally matched up with my ability to to play and then uh the the songwriting thing just kept propelling me forward all the time so well, i know i know that i was you know when i started out um as a musician and, and and went to college and this and that i thought that every musician wanted to write music like i yeah, didn't no. know i didn't know until i talked to, i had a teacher in germantown to drive down there uh willow grove in Germ germantown he had two different places and uh, he was a great guitar player instrumentalist mm -hmm. and i was talking to him about songs i said hey i wrote a song i was doing jazz at the time and i said hey i wrote this jazz tune i want you to hear and see if you like it and and i go well maybe maybe you can play something for me that you wrote he's like oh well, I, don't, I don't write music and i was like you don't write music he's like no that's so weird i was yeah i was like <laughs> wow like i don't get it like it didn't like, i couldn't understand that yeah and then i kind of just walked away from that and um i was like wow like not everybody writes music and i'm like okay um i do you know and yeah. so I need to find more people like me so I can compare notes and things. And, um, yeah, I just, it just, well, you know, you grow up and let's say if you, if you're studying piano, you you have Bach, right? So Bach wrote music. Yep. Um, he was a composer. He was a great musician. He was a composer. I mean, you can just go down the list. So yeah. every, every song that you study is written by Some, someone yeah. who writes music, right? Somebody wrote it. Yeah. So you never, I never really thought about it like that. Um, but I did know, like when I, I went to uh, Berkeley College of Music for a couple of years, and I did realize that at that point that some people read music. Mm. They didn't, they didn't play by ear. Yeah. And you mentioned that, like you were self-taught. So you, you played by ear, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, like you heard things and you tried to mimic well, yeah, to be totally fair, you know, my, my mother uh, played piano, but um, for whatever reason, uh, my dad was not hot on the music at all. Um, she, she could only really play her music when he was not around, you know, it, it was not a good thing. Yeah. Wow. And, and so I really wasn't uh, encouraged by him to, to do anything like that, but my mother really was the one who uh, was really the the source of inspiration um and then when i was when i was 16 you know and i i i finally you know i would play other guys guitars and you know how fast can you learn doing that and <laughs> it's like yeah you get very far right. so uh, i wanted to get my own uh guitar and so she said she would help me you know get it but i had to you know pay for at least half so you know i, I had all my my chore jobs and stuff like that and i was cutting grass and so i, I saved up enough money but uh, and so she put up half the money for my my first guitar and uh it really pissed my dad off because he's gonna he, say yeah he's never got he's never gonna learn anything you know blah 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 and, and he was just like an asshole about it you know and uh god rest his soul anyway uh he was a dick you know about that stuff and so well, I, he's he's brought up different right i mean yeah again it's that, that thing where you know art the arts are not valued right so he's probably 
What what did he do for a living? Your dad was well. He actually worked at the uh, the Ford stamping plant in Buffalo, New York, and okay. uh, was a uh, amateur uh, race car driver. My mom and my dad both were amateur race car drivers. Really? Yeah. Wow, that is cool. Yeah. So wow. I I've had I've I I I grew up in like full on gas car and all that, right? So, but yeah, he was not he was not very encouraging uh, about about the the music thing and. Later on, I found out, you know, uh, that I had an uncle, uh, Uncle Charles, and uh, he was a like a virtuoso jazz guy, right? Wow. And uh, you know, un- unfortunately, none of his stuff survived. Um, when my when my mom died, we we're going through all the papers, and we we found uh, the most unusual things, you know. Uh, we found like song contracts that my grandmother had because she wrote music. None of us knew that she wrote wow. music. My grandmother. That's um, your mother's mo- side, right? My right. mother's side yeah. was writing music. Wow. So here's all these these, song, these unexecuted song contracts. And then we found um, like my, some of my uncle's uh, you know, sheet music stuff that he had, he had scribbled down. And, uh, you know, Deborah is a really good sight reader, so she's playing. And I'm going, yeah, for the time, that this was, you know, just, you know, I guess it was probably in the 40s or something, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it was a complete shock, you know, to yeah. us to, to, to find all that stuff. And then, uh, but, you know, I, I, I learned the guitar, I played it, you know, I, I, but really the songwriting, I think, was the thing that really propelled it forward, you know, because when you when you tie together songwriting with your instrument learning you wind up pushing yourself in new directions you 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 yeah. you, you use chords that you didn't use in the last one you know you you start learning uh, progressions melody you start learning how all this stuff fits together you know and uh, over time you can write a pretty good song you know um, just yeah, you go into uh, uncharted territory, you know. Yeah, you you you, you always yeah you just propel yourself into like into invention. the uncharted. Yep. Yeah. And and you invent you know you you invent your style and you invent you know how you're going to play and it does help if you have a guide and like I said I, I, I was self-taught but you know with the with the caveat that I that I always was surrounded by like extremely talented people even though I I never took like guitar lessons or anything. Uh, till I till I actually got till I got to college, right? And I I, I walked in. Uh, uh, Larry Johnson was actually my guitar teacher in, in in college, and he's here. He's on the cover of like Guitar Player magazine, right? And uh, he's a jazz guy, you know. And I'm not a jazz guy. I'm not trying to be a jazz guy, but like I'm I'm gonna take this yeah. this college course. He. Uh, he sits me down. He's eating his he's eating his lunch. He goes, "Okay, well, show me what you got, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so I, I play him something. He goes, "Okay, this is what I want you to do. Write me something uh, for your final and perform it at the at the recital at the end." And that's and that was it. I never saw him again until I uh, submitted my 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 finished song. At the end of the at the end of the term, it was like the I think it was the easiest course I ever took. But he, I think he was smart enough to realize that you know this guy, he's not he's not going to be a guy that is wanting to learn you know jazz or anything like that. But he he did say specifically you have to write a jazz song, right? 
And uh, so, and that's your grade. He goes, you're going to get graded on that song, right? So, so whatever you do to learn what I do, figure it all out and put it in that song. And he was, re- he was very adamant about it. But I never actually sat down with him except for that one time while I was eating lunch. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I walked, I mean, I went to Berkeley uh, College of Music and I didn't know anything about jazz. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't really read that well. But at the time, uh, I don't know how it is today, but at the time, um, I, somehow I got in. And uh, even with, though my reading was horrible, my sight reading. And, uh, you know, I developed it. I mean, I worked at it. I worked at learning jazz. It was kind of new to me. Uh, I was really a rock and roller at heart. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing was, you know, there, there were so many great musicians um, you know, I would hear people playing and I'm like, holy crap, like, how does this guy know this at 20 years old? You know, like, yeah. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I think you miss something, you miss some kind of development, uh, when you're, when you're younger and you don't study music, uh, written music, uh, or have a good teacher, like you're going to miss out on something, but that doesn't mean that you can't pursue what you want to do and you can eventually you know make up for that uh, well in 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 high school um i gravitated toward uh music in the, in the form of chorus so one of the things that i wanted to do there was there was a pretty girl that was in uh there's always a pretty girl right there's always a yeah there's always a pretty girl so uh there was this girl i liked and uh she was in the select chorus called uh my i went to i'm a gryffindor by the way you know like harry potter yeah i'm a i'm a gryffindor my 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 house is uh the griffin it's a the 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 rings were great griffith we were anyway they they had this musical group and uh i really wanted to get in there but i i was i didn't sing well enough to actually make the cut you know i was in i was in the regular chorus i i did audition but I wasn't good enough to uh, to be in this select group, so uh, all filled up, no room for Rick. So um, I go, I got to get in here somehow, somehow, some way, right? So they were doing a couple of uh, jazz tunes, like you know, like like jazzy type tunes, like Sunny and Crazy Man and stuff like that at, at their recital. And so I, I I went up to the director. And I said, you know, these songs are great, but you should really have some guitar on there. <laughs> and you're so not a salesman. <laughs> so that's yeah. So that's how I got in. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I actually got a recording of this thing, and it's like Something I didn't offer. even yeah. I didn't even have an electric guitar. I only had an acoustic guitar, so I had to borrow. My my bandmates uh, SG is Gibson SG, <laughs> which those are like famous for not being in tune ever, you know. Yeah. And so I, I borrowed that, and uh, you know, I that's how I got in. And then wow. once once I got in, I just hung out because I was I was in, right? So I just hung out after that, and then I started singing. And you know, so um, the the choral director um, he was a, he was an inspiration. But I, I learned a lot of uh, you know choral music from him. And then you know when it came time to you know declare a major and stuff like that in in high school, you know. I, I was doing okay in math. I, I my brain turned on for math. I, I was I actually got through all that. I was I was doing good, and then I was I went to f- my first physics class, 
and because I was interested in that kind of stuff. And then, you know, but after the first class, I was just going, you know what? I'm really not interested in this, really. So uh, I, I switched everything to, to music and a little bit of theater. And I spent like two years of high school just doing nothing but being in the choral room, like almost for the entire day. Um, and then, you know, a little bit of theater. I was, I, I, I liked building stuff. So I, I became like a, a set builder, you know, for the, for the theater group. Oh. And it was a lot of fun, uh, but uh, a lot of, a lot of work too, you know, building stuff. And um, so the, one of the things that I learned in, in chorus was how to sight read, you know, music and uh, how to, how to do that. So I had that experience. I, I, I joined the church choir so I could sing in church, get more experience doing that. Yeah, that's recommended. You know, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, just kept, kept doing that kind of stuff. And in, in, in music, uh, like I remember I, I, he had, he had music theory uh, classes. So I, I took his music theory classes <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the test, at, at the end of the, uh, I guess the end of the terms and everything were to, you, you had to listen to soprano, alto, bass, and tenor, and then you had to listen to a piece, and then you had to transcribe it, you know, uh, that was like one of the tests <laughs> in, in, in all four parts, so it was, it was pretty high level stuff for high school. Yeah. Um, so I did have at least some influence like that, and, and that was that was always inspiring. But and then the, the, the I guess the last person that really uh, I, I actually did take lessons. My my mother was taking piano lessons from this woman. Uh, her name was Edie Platt, and she was a, a vaudevillian performer and and an artist. You know. Wow. And uh, so she had two Steinway Grands, you know, butt to butt like this, you know. She sat over there, you sat over here. And her house, every square inch, I mean, there was not one single spot in, on her walls anywhere in her house where she didn't have a painting hung up that, that she had painted. They're all amazing, you know. And then she had like hundreds of them that, you know, she just no nowhere to put them. So... Um, she was just a genius with with playing and, and when i started taking lessons from her she was 96 years old and um so i had already written some songs on piano uh in fact if you uh if you check out the radiate cd uh, one day in the rain i actually finished it in these times but i started it in high school right <laughs> playing on piano and she was she was a really good teacher, uh, and again she she taught me what I needed to learn at the time, because she knew I was going to be like a classical piano player or something like that. You know, it's, it's just this is just the basic form, and you know I've I've managed to write a, a few jazz songs. If if you uh, listen to Laser Writing on the Moon, uh, CD it came out I guess in '95 something like that. Um, so these are are these songs all available on your website they're all they're available everywhere, everywhere? Yeah. okay yeah yeah so we're going to get well, some information from you where people can find you at the end uh, yeah you can like uh the song on on the uh, laser writing on the moon cd is called do you love and it it's 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 a live and studio uh recording so i i morphed a live band that i played with with uh, the studio band so it's actually two different bands in two different sections of the song, it, it, you know, it, it was a lot of, excuse me, a lot of fun to do. So when did you, when did you decide to? You mentioned that you wanted to write songs, but when did you realize that you wanted to be a songwriter? 
Um, hmm. I think I I got I got to um, college. I, I I you know graduated high school. We had the you know the typical party and all that, and I moved out like right away. I I couldn't wait to get out. <laughs> yeah, my dad wasn't that fun of a guy to be around, and um, so I moved out. I went up to Rochester, New York. Uh, so I was south of Buffalo and went up to Rochester. I was going to go to school there. I got accepted at college, and uh, so that that summer I got a job roofing, and uh, so I lived in the in in a, uh, a church balcony that summer, and uh, so you had to clean up everything for Sunday morning, you know. But but I, I lived up in the up in this church balcony, and that has had a, a bunch of adventures all all its own, you know. Um, but I started to um, write more songs, and um, I I had no way to really record them, and I knew that I had to record them in a in a good way. So I started a songwriter group, and uh, you know I, I would call up recording studios and I would say, "Hey, I got this songwriter group. Uh, we need a place to meet." Would it be cool if we came to your studio and and uh, had our songwriter meeting in your studio, right? And hundred percent of the time, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent of the time they said yes, <laughs> come in. Wow. So so the group, uh, you know, it started out small, but uh, I ended up with uh, roughly sixty sixty five consistent, you know, members that would that would come out, and so at any given. Uh, event we would have you know 25 people show up you know solid all the time so uh, we go into the recording studios and and I was already doing all kinds of things recording wise on my own I for like ever since I was a kid you know tape recorders you know cassettes whatever I you know I was already doing all that kind of stuff I was I did I did all the stuff that you do in uh, in junior high you know you 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 build your first amplifier from from scratch and then you you uh, you you tie it into the school PA system at the uh, at the science fair. I did all that and make phony announcements and get caught, busted, and go to the principal. I did all that right, and uh, so the uh, when when I finally got to do this songwriter group. Uh, the whole goal was not really to write better songs or analyze them or anything like that. The goal was just get them recorded <laughs> for free, you know, basically. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like you have this innate sensibility to, uh, <laughs> to you know, find solutions for your, you know, on your quest, you know, to well, for recording. and Yeah, it worked out great because, you know, going like everybody's studio, I mean, all different gear, every single place was set up different. Uh, and so you would go into an environment. I mean, what a great school, you know, you go into uh, the, the environment and it would be completely different than, than last month. Mm -hmm. And so you would learn that system, that gear. And it was just great. Just a really good crash course in how to run and, and, you know, be in the studio and, and function, you know, wish I thought of that. Yeah. yeah it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was really, it was a lot of fun. It was really great. And then, um, then uh, I had, I had, I th this is all like in my freshman year, I had the opportunity to, to open for, for an act in one of the large venues in, in Rochester, but about a 5,000 seat, 6,000 seat venue, that kind of thing. And um, so, so I was, 
you know, really stoked. And I had I had a band. You know, I actually put put together a band for this thing because I go, this is this is like one of these times you got to have a band. You know, and so I put all that together. And I had I had these two beautiful background singers. They were each each one of them was super talented, and uh, bass player, drummer, and um, and of course I was playing acoustic guitar. So we're we're you know we're getting ready to go out. So they had the, you know, it's just like you see on the on the movies or something. There's a cement tunnel, you know, and you go out and you, you climb up the stairs to get up to the stage. And we're actually at the point of that cement tunnel when the the lens out of, out of my uh, glasses falls out and hits the cement, right? And I, and and basically, I, I you know, it's hard for me to see, and it was like part of my 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 costume and everything else. So. <laughs> I pick up this thing, and I'm trying to figure out how to put it back together. And my uh, my background singer Cindy Shear, she goes, "Give me that thing." She, she grabs it out of my hand, and she takes her fingernail, and she just screws the, <laughs> the, the screw back in, and she goes, "Here." <laughs> oh, I put it back on, and we and we went out, and we 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 did our our performance. It was it was a hoot, you know. <laughs> so um, you know, I I got the bug you know to to uh you know to perform and uh but you know the 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 songs you know it's you know i i really needed more education in in songs i really did you know um and luckily um i i was able to i guess um join i guess the the right word is to join up with different uh organizations uh there was a um I think it was called the Songwriters Guild, uh, and uh, I, I became a member of that. And uh, where's that? Where's that based? In, it, I think York? it was in, in New York. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, SGA, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I was I was a member of that for a while. Okay, That's how so I got yeah started. Yeah, so I, I I joined up with that, and I uh, you know I I took it really seriously, and you know they had they had sample contracts and and yeah. you know, songwriting contracts, you know all like that. And at that point, I was I was thinking to myself, well, you know maybe I can't really sing where the crap, but maybe I could uh, write a song and and get it published, you know. So that's sort of like what I was thinking. I joined that group, you know, specifically to learn more about that. And they did have a critique service. I don't know if you remember that, but they had a a way that you could submit songs and oh, then. Yeah. And then they would give you feedback, and then you could rewrite and resubmit and that kind of thing. So that's that's really that was my first exposure to trying to start to write in a more of a commercial way, right? Yeah, there was a book called The Craft of Lyric Writing by Sheila Davis. Yeah, okay. And that's how I found the Songwriters Guild. Oh, okay, yeah. I used, actually used to go to New York. I'm like 70 miles away. Oh, okay. Um, where were you located when you? Where were you living when you're? When you joined the Songwriters Guild, well, I was I was still in Rochester. Yeah, that's a hike. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah, it's in New York. Yeah, it would have been a long a long <laughs> roll, but uh, but you know you, you you could just do all that stuff through the mail. Yeah, and you know so I started to get the idea um, that you really needed to examine your songs and um, try to um, do better. You know, really like from a commercial point of view. And I was still, you know, I was still, I was still, you know, performing. I, I, I wound up, I did get a booking agent in Rochester, and I was like, you know, getting consi consistent gigs and stuff. And, um, but you know, I wanted to improve the songwriting, so uh, I spent like one entire year. Uh, an American Songwriting Magazine, you know, that was a that was a big uh, input yeah. too. 
Um, but I, I decided just I did, I just picked an artist and I said, okay, I'm just going to write like this particular artist. I'm going to try to just as an exercise for myself. So I was writing 40 songs a month, you know, mm -hmm. based on the idea I'm going to try to uh, figure out like what the essence of a commercial song is and try to write it right. And then I I would I wouldn't even try to fix it. I would just go on to the next one because I it was like some of these are DOAs. You know, they're they're dead or, dead on arrival. You they can't be revived. Yeah. So I put them aside and, I, and I'd write another one. Then I I got a job. But that's okay, a, right? I mean, that's oh a, yeah, it's, it's an it's exercise. A, yeah, it's an exercise. So I mean, this is for maybe you know uh, a beginner beginning songwriter might be listening to this. Yeah. So uh, yeah, use it as an that. exercise. You know. Yeah. Um, and I, I was I was lucky enough to get a job at a uh, at a sound company, uh, so they were a live sound company, and uh, my job was soldering. I, I you know I had the skill of being able to solder stuff, so I got a job soldering, and they they were doing uh, sub work for Whirlwind, so I was making Whirlwind snakes essentially out of out of their shop. Wow. So and but in exchange, I, I did get paid, but in exchange for the work I was doing, if they weren't using any of their tape recorders, which they would use only on live gigs, I was allowed to use those. So I, I had, I just would record myself on reel to reel, quarter inch. I just had to feed the machine with, you know, raw tape. And uh, so it's like a uh, two, two track or four track. Yeah, just two, two tracks. Two track. Yeah, strictly just two track stereo. And uh, so I was able to archive, you know, some of that stuff. But Really, it was just exercise. Just write it down. Go on to the next one. Write it down. Learn, learn from it. You know, critique it yourself. Be hardcore on yourself, and then you know, write, write the next one and make it better. You know. Yeah. Uh, today, though, um, you know, uh, we run the Deborah Lee and uh, Liz Miller uh, run the 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 local chapter uh, of the Nashville Songwriters Association oh, International, yeah. and they have a a very well defined critique process. Um, and it's ideal. Uh, we have a really strong group. We have uh, over 400 uh, Philadelphia area uh, members now of that I group. Think I'm, I think I well, I was one of them. I, I don't yeah. know if I upped my membership this year, but <laughs> yeah, I did, well, did join that chapter. Yeah, well, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of resources online that you can you can use if you're a member. And of course, you can come to the meetings for uh, for free, and you can participate that way. But yeah, for for a young songwriter, the the goal really is to uh, is to write a lot a lot of songs, you know, as fast as you can, and uh, as good as you can. And you should you should take the time to go back and critique them. That's one thing I didn't do, uh, but you should go back and critique and then fix the things that are wrong because you you, you never know. Uh, sometimes you'll you'll have a really good idea on one of them. And that idea just needs to be a little further developed and you can have something. Yeah, some of the things I find, like if you write enough, um, many times you'll write the same theme, right? It might even be within that month. Yes. Um, or sometimes I might have something, I know I have some tunes, uh, one in particular that I had worked on maybe last year or two years ago, I came up with an idea. Well, now recently I just came up with a, like I think a better idea. It's a little different, but it's the same, same theme. It was an unfinished theme that I started. And um, so, um, you know, sometimes you're these pieces or elements of what you've written 
uh, can be used later. You know, not all the time, uh, but um, like you're, maybe what you're saying is um, if you can go, go back and uh, critique them, um, like study them, study what you've done, uh, then you might be more able to um, develop it further or uh, maybe use that in another song. Yeah. At, um, at, at first, you might not be able to do that because you might not have uh, object, objectivity. Right. And that's <laughs> something that I, that I really lacked at the, you know, at the very beginning is you, you, have to, you have to be able to stand outside yourself and listen to it from the listener's point of view or, or the stranger's point of view. You've got to get outside your head with it. If you don't, if you don't take the step to get outside your head somehow, you're, you're, you're cheating yourself uh, in, in a big way. You, know, yeah. you, you have to be able to, to do that. And, and you can't be your girlfriend. You can't be your mother. You know, you, yeah. you, you got to really uh, get outside, you know, and uh, also uh, Song U, Song University, they're, they're, it's also a great resource. I think they're uh, less expensive than uh, Nashville Songwriters Association. Uh, I think it's like $35 a year or something like that, but, uh, or a month, I'm not sure what, what it is now, but um, again, they have really good resources and they have really good critiques, you know. Yes. Um, or you could you could find a local resource, <laughs> yeah, yeah. online resource. Exactly. I mean, yeah. um, I'm I actually um, developed a course, an, an online course, um, not so much focused on songwriting, but on the whole scope of what you need as an artist, which I've mm. come to find, yeah, has helped me, and it's information that's passed down maybe from my uh, dealings with uh, the Songwriters Guild, you know, like I learned sure. things there. So it's it's a combination of basically everything I've learned and boiled down into what what can I carry? Like if you're going on a trip, like what can I carry with me? You know, what do I need? This is this, these are the things that I came up with, um, and you know, it's my take on it. But uh, you know, but some for someone like yourself, I mean, you give lessons. I mean, you'd be a good resource too, right? Yeah, yeah, we we do lessons and I do like uh recording arts, you know, uh sessions and stuff like that. So I've got a couple of young guys that are um you know taking it real serious, you know. I I I I I taught them to the place where they can, you know, play guitar well enough now and to start writing their own material. And then, you know, the next thing is to get their digital audio workstation together so they can actually produce something that sounds pretty good. And um, you know, I know, like when I went to Berkeley, there was no such thing as a, a song as a songwriting course. There, I'm, I'm sorry, there was so, songwriting. Uh, Pat Patterson, um, I thought it had something to do with um, the basics of songwriting, mm. uh, but now I think it's a. By this time, it is a, a degree that you can get there. I think, or, ah. or, or a major. And um, how handy! Yeah, it wasn't back then when I needed it, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I kind of did the um, it was DIY, right? That's, yeah. This is kind of what we're talking about and finding your way. So, I mean, you have some pretty good solutions for, you know, you came up with some pretty good solutions for yourself. I mean, choir, like I didn't really know about that until I was in college. I took a voice, uh, voice study, uh, which was mandatory. I went to Trenton State College at the time, which it's the College of New Jersey now. Mm. And, um, you know, I walked into this class and the name of the teacher was Ruth Ann Harrison, Dr. Ruth Ann Harrison, who was great, by the way. And um, I always appreciate 
what I've done, what I did with her and what she taught me. Mm. And uh, so I walked into this class. I didn't really sing. I wasn't a good singer. And I walked in and I'm like, what are, what are we doing in here? Like it said singing, like what vocal, vocalizing, like what am I actually doing? They're like, well, we're going to, we're going to be singing. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, well, I got to tell you, you know, I'm not really a singer. <laughs> she says, oh, well, let's try this. So she, what the first thing she did was she tried to find my range, mm-hmm. my current range. She says, well, we're going to build on this. I'm like, yeah, okay, right. You know, like you're, you got a lot of work cut out for you later. Good luck, yeah. Yeah, but um, it was weeks, you know. I mean, I practiced things, and I mean, I was practicing classical voice, which was like Italian oh, songs yeah. written in Italian, art songs mm-hmm. written in Italian and German, um, and, and, um, and of course, English. And I'm like, wow, this lady's nuts, man. Like, I, how am I going to do this? I had to go home. And like I had, my parents were into music, but it's like, I don't want to practice opera at home. Run, I, was still, I was still living home. Yeah. At the time. And, uh, I, you know, but see, I had a different relationship. My father bought my first guitar. My father wanted to play the guitar. So his my grandfather played the piano by ear and, uh, they played, they were an Irish family and they used to sing Irish tunes and Irish American tunes. So my father was really into it. He was really, and so, so was my whole family. Like it was really, I was surrounded by, you know, lots of great music uh, records and this. You and guys that. are the dropkick Murphys, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, the one, where I drew the line was I was not doing traditional music. So I didn't want anything to do with Irish music. I wanted rock and roll. So mm-hmm. it was like initially Beatles. And then my main, my real undertaking was like Led Zeppelin. Ah. Uh, I got it was like modern rock like that really rang true for me Hendrix and all that stuff although I wasn't a big Hendrix fan at the time um, I liked some of his music but I didn't get into the whole shtick I'm not really you mentioned vaudeville that your mm. teacher was from vaudeville yeah um, you know you're entertaining vaudeville right so you you learned it was a skill a whole skill set so yeah. you, didn't, you weren't just a musician. You were writing a song that was going to be entertaining, and then you're going to go out and perform it, and you better get an applause from the audience uh, or you're, going to get, you're not going to have the job very long. Right. So, um, you know, I write, you know, it's more like personal for me, mm-hmm. I guess, um, though I do try and relate stories that are universal, so mm-hmm. in appeal. So that I do try to do that, but... Like, I didn't even want to perform my stuff in the beginning. I was just like, oh, I can't even, how am I going to, I can't do this in front of people, you know? And then somehow, I, I guess after I went to Berkeley, then I just, I started, uh, I was like, hey, I need some gigs. So I started doing like cover gigs and started throwing my originals in there and people, people liked them. So um, my early, now this was Berkeley College of Music influence uh, songs. So I actually had like real chord progressions. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. like it wasn't something I was just making up. It was like I had rules to go by. Though I, I still, my ear was still the, um, the judge of uh, what was good and what wasn't. Um, but I, you know, I went, I colored outside the lines basically, mm-hmm. right? So yep. I, I didn't stick to the rules per se. But um, yeah, so I... You know, I'm feeling that, you know, when you talked about choir, you went and joined the choir. I mean, that's what my vocal teacher told me to do, uh, to practice, you know, get better. 
And yeah. then you're probably reading music, right? So that helped. Yeah. While you're, while you're doing choir. You have, to, you have to start to learn to read. Otherwise, you're dead, you know? Yeah. So, but, uh, but anyway, I had, I had some good mentors along the way. Um, you know, it wasn't free. I mean, I paid for these courses and things. But I had some fantastic people that I studied with. Um, and, I'm, you know, my course, I'm trying to impart that knowledge onto, to, to other people. So, um, so I think Worthy. that's good. So I think that's good. I mean, you're, you're, you're teaching. Um, now, I think that's one area that many musicians get into, right? Teaching lessons. Uh, that's one of the avenues that you can teach beginner lessons on guitar or vocal or piano and um, to help um, establish some kind of um, income, right, uh, for music as you're starting out. Um, also, if you're teaching it, you have to know it cold. You have to know what you're teaching cold. Mm -hmm. So you have to know what you're doing. And it, it uh, challenges you to say, oh, wow, do I really know what I'm doing here? And if, I, if I'm not clear, you know, I got to figure this out. So it's a, it's a great way to become a better musician, too. And it actually does help you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, okay. So, um, yeah, that's great stuff, Rick. Um, so I was going to ask, you touched on it, but I was going to ask, like today, what, what kind of, what are the advantages today that, and there, I'm sure there are numerous ones, but what are the advantages today for people learning music for the first time? And compared to like when you and I grew up, um, what are some of the things that stick out for you that are like, wow, I wish I had that when I was starting out? Well, yeah, when, when, when I first learned how to play Stairway to Heaven, right? <laughs> it was like, yeah, uh, we, we sat down, a couple of guitar guys, and we figured it out the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Just note by note. And then, um, but now they're like, like YouTube, you know, there's, you can just like you pull up like how to play whatever, you know, and it, it's right there for you. So there's, there's a lot of really good uh, learning t tools, but, you know, watching somebody do it and you doing it yourself are really completely different. You know, we, we live in a, in a video game, like world video game mentality. And if it doesn't happen like right away, yeah. You know, um, people give up, you know, students give up way too easy because the, uh, the, the reality is that it's, it's, it's a, it takes work, it takes, yeah. takes effort, you know, consistent effort to, to learn an instrument. And yeah, to well, we, touched, we touched on that with the guitar, like picking up a guitar. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to learn the guitar. And then as you find out, there's all these physical yeah. restrictions uh, yeah. and limitations that you have when you're first starting out. Yeah. So on the one hand, you got all this great knowledge. But you have to be able to apply that knowledge and and to and utilize it. But the, those who uh, can do both of those things, I, I think you're going to really do well. Um, one tip, thing that typically, I see, typically though, excuse me, typically you start off. We think about acoustic guitar, right? Mm. It's a little easier on electric, right? If we if you start. Oh yeah, because somebody on yeah, electric. yeah, because yeah, it, the the strings are tighter to the neck. Uh, they're lighter. Uh, gauge so yeah there is which i didn't i didn't know for a few years after i started that yeah, much, much less ever. yeah so that might have made a difference but i'm sorry go ahead you, are you, well, well i was gonna say the um what happens uh too much like right now uh 
is uh, someone who has a little bit of ability, uh, will sing a cover song. The, the, the scene is their bedroom. The, back, the background is their closet. Uh, you can see their keyboard in the foreground, so I'll set it up. It'll be, be sort of like this, <laughs> yeah. right? And, uh, and so they sing their, their favorite cover song, and they do pretty good, and they might get you know 50 or 200 views on YouTube, and then they 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 might do that one time, or they might do it 12 times, and that's that's the end of it, right? Um, so many of these people are not taking lessons or doing anything you know official, you know, and they sort of just um, they never really improve or uh, you know get get better in any way. It's just sort of like a passing thing. And they and they grow out of it, you know that kind of thing. Well, you know, a, a serious musician person, you know, um, we we come from a different tribe, you know, we really do. You need to get with your own people. You need to get with people that understand you and understand like what your abilities are, and that can help direct your your talent for the for the future, you know. And um, I mean, don't be afraid to to seek that kind of help because it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make uh, uh, you be able to do things you never dreamed even possible, really, you know, if you have the right coach, you know, it's, the, it's very important. Yeah, um, and it's sa save you time, yeah. if not years. Yeah, making mistakes. I've made every single mistake you can possibly make. I, I, I pissed off every club owner, <laughs> you know. Not advisable, but <laughs> no, no. It's like you know, I've done, I've made every single mistake possible, and I, I, I hope I'm getting better at not making as many mistakes as I used to make. But uh, oh my god, so. Okay, well, I think um, I think we can wrap up today's session. Um, well, thanks for having thank, me. Thank you, Rick. Uh, we have I have uh, Rick Denzine here. Uh, my name is Pat Foran. We'll be back with Rick at another point, and we're going to discuss uh, probably actually recording a song and um so that'll be fun all right man well thanks a lot you're welcome and thank have, you have a good rest of the day we'll talk all to right. you soon thanks all right you take Bye. care peace for more information about rick denzine you can go to rickdenzine.com r-i-c-k-d-e-n-z-i-e-n.com and thrivefest.us. For more information about Pat Foran, you can look up Pat Foran Music on the web or go to patforanmusic.com. You can find me on Instagram, pat.foran, and also on Facebook. Thanks for listening to Get Labeled Indie Music Roadmap with Pat Foran.